0: Welcome everyone to episode 150 of the NBA podcast and the 2017-18 season has officially come to a close. The Golden State Warriors, to no one's surprise, are the NBA champions yet again. So today we are going to do our final by Felicia of the season. We'll talk about what's next for the Cavaliers, the Warriors, and the two conference finalists, the Houston Rockets and the Boston Celtics. Before we get underway, wanted to remind you, you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA pod In our bio, you can find our Twitter handle, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now being hosted on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter, at AlmightyCasts. Joining me today, as always, is my very stable genius of a co-host, Morton Jensen. How's it going, Mort? Not well,
1: Brian, because the Warriors ruined the NBA. (laughs) didn't we just have this talk in the last episode (laughs) come on and and i'm
0: gonna have a column up at uh give me sport on monday about this as well because i just think the whole thing is so so absurd i saw like darnell mayberry i think he's still right to the oklahoma and had a tweet this morning up about like competitive balance is dead in the nba it died on july 4th 2016 it's
1: like he's he's actually a bulls beat writer now for oh is he the athletic okay
0: Oh, okay. well, he used to be. He used to rave the Oklahoma. He right? did. He did.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. so
0: I, I'm assuming that's just still some, like, Kevin Durant saltiness left over. But, I mean, can we wait until next year? Can we wait until this summer, at least, to see, like, how all of these teams reshape themselves and, like, see what oh. happens with the Rockets and the Celtics before we could, we declare the Warriors to be the champions next year? Oh, can we for Sure. Just-
1: yeah, yeah. Okay. but but i'm not you, you're not going to get me to crap on darnell because he likes wendell carter jr so i i'm just going to stay out of that one
0: that's reasonable and we will have plenty of draft talk not in this episode but you know the draft is less than two weeks away so we're going to really ramp mm-hmm. up and remember what i
1: said i when we did the mock draft it was like this is the first of many we've had yeah. one brian we need yeah. to like we really yeah, need we'll, to amp this
0: we'll up we'll get going we'll yeah. get going. Uh, until we do, though, Mort, we do have to say goodbye to the four, the final four teams of mm-hmm. this year's season. I mean, we have to start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, because not only do they... I mean, they frankly determine the fate of the NBA this summer. And really, it's the one player who dragged their lifeless body to the finals. Who... Kevin <laughs> Love. Kevin, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, his fate is also interesting this summer, but... Let's first focus on LeBron James, obviously. He's a free agent. I mean, his comments toward the end of this series all but had a glowing red sign above his head saying that he's going to leave Cleveland. He was talking about just how the Warriors overmatched the Cavs. You know, the the really bad one was what he was talking about. Like, you need guys who are, like, mentally sharp and have the basketball IQ to Mm -hmm. beat them. Like, you don't just need the talent, but you need the minds, too, which is... I, I didn't feel like he ever really threw his teammates under the bus this season, except for that. That was. Uh, oh, that, that was a
1: Colangelo uh, hitting under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny common right there. Yeah.
0: It really was. So, more, I mean, what chance do you give the Cavaliers of retaining LeBron James this summer? Do you have to assign a percentage? Uh,
1: 10? That high? Yeah, I, yeah oh. I know. 90% chance he doesn't return, so. I mean, though.
0: I'm lower. I,
1: I get that. Then the only reason I'm giving them 10% is, is simply because it's a combination of factors. One being that there aren't really that much money on the free agency market. And he may Mm -hmm. not like the teams that are available to him this summer. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's Cleveland, it's home. Um, yeah, that's why I'm giving it 10%. But I mean, (laughs) that's a pretty low bar. I mean, that's what I think. What was that? What Kyle Corver ended up shooting in the finals? (laughs)
0: possibly yeah i mean
1: something like you're right
0: he did say especially after game four in his final press conference he said his family will factor into his decision you know he's got a 13 year old and an 11 year old Mm. they're gonna have more of a say than they did probably the last time and the last two times he made these moves um that's want to
1: see you play with Uncle, uncle chris paul
0: yeah right exactly and like you know i transferred schools when i was in middle school it sucks i get it but like I was a fat, pale Jewish kid with an afro. They're LeBron James's kids. I think it's going to be a little bit easier for them.
1: What changed? (laughs) I'm not seeing any change.
0: (laughs) The hair went a little bit thinner now. Um, No, I mean, I I think you're right. The family thing is the only thing tying him to Cleveland at this point because you can't look at the Cavaliers – see what he did this season just to drag them to the finals and then say they give him the best chance to win a title next year like right. they they just can't make enough moves to even the playing field against the warriors when they traded Kyrie that that was it for this cavaliers team's competitiveness against golden state like you know they if they could turn back time they would either just keep Kyrie or trade him You know, go somewhere else and get like the two-way wing they need against the Warriors. Jay Crowder turned out not to be that. Isaiah Thomas, they had to give up like a month after he started playing Mm -hmm. again. So that really, that was it. Like that was the difference. They just didn't have that second guy. And as we learned after Game Four, LeBron (laughs) apparently injured his hand. Um, he said he broke it up. I've seen reports as like a severe bone contusion, but he basically punched a whiteboard after game one, and there have been pictures now circulating on Twitter that, like, the hand was legitimately swollen. Oh, yeah. And now, like, I saw a thread on Twitter, too, about, like, he just wasn't using it all that... He was, like, taking a bunch of layups lefty, so, you know, they basically... They lost that series in game one. Mm -hmm. You could argue, you know, game one was... They should have won, frankly. Game three, they were close until Kevin Durant did his... The same exact thing he did in game three last year, so... Maybe that's the Cavs' pitch to him: is like, hey, this we we're really close to being two-two after th- four games, but he's gonna be like, yeah, we still got swept, and I put up a fucking fifty-one-eight and eight, and we still lost. Yeah. Like, what what more could I possibly do? Um, that said, more they do have a couple trade assets that if they are trying to retain LeBron, they have the number eight pick in this year's draft, and they have Kevin Love do you think they should try to dangle either of those or package those together ahead of the draft to make some sort of like last-ditch trade effort
1: to keep LeBron in Cleveland? Let me get that one more time. Kevin Love in the draft pick? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, Brian, and and people are probably going to be in my mentions now, but you know how Denver is apparently looking to shed Kenneth Fareed and offering 14th to do it? Mm Mm-hmm. I think that would be a situation with Kevin Love and 8th. Because, I mean, Love is good, don't get me wrong, but look at that contract and look at how little he's produced in the last few years with the Cavs. I mean, Mm -hmm. are we sure that there are teams out there that would be actively going for Kevin Love and take on that deal?
0: I mean, it's only one more year is guaranteed and he has a $25.6 million player option in 2019-20. I don't think... I think he's not nearly the albatross that, uh, not Fareed, but like a Ryan Anderson, who we'll talk right. about later. Just, just I note,
1: I didn't use that word, though. Yeah, I know. I All mean, right. <laughs> I think there would
0: be teams that would go after Kevin Love, yeah. And okay. I think you could, there there are teams that just, like, need someone to fill seats, and maybe they can sell themselves on, you know, take LeBron away from Kevin Love, and maybe Kevin Love turns into his old Minnesota self, where he's averaging 25 and 12 a night. Now that you mention it,
1: I mean they do have a glaring hole at the four.
0: Minnesota, yeah, yeah. I guess they. I, I. The problem is, I don't know. Like, unless you're, maybe I guess if Minnesota is worried about Jimmy Butler leaving after next year. Right, that could be that could be something.
1: Maybe the Cavs. Are looking at Andrew Wiggins, they have the intel on him, and then they just do the, the trait that they already did four years ago, but again.
0: <laughs> Wait, but with that, would Andrew Wiggins keep LeBron James in Cleveland?
1: Well, no, but yeah. I don't think anything does, Brian. I mean, to, to your to answer your, your original question, even if they did job Kevin Love in eighth, and, mm-hmm. and, and even if they got back, you know, someone really good, is that enough? I'm not sure. I, I think LeBron is probably you know, set on not returning and I'm sure his kids are also looking at it and going, "Daddy, we don't want you to play with Rodney Hood again. Rodney Hood makes me <laughs> sad. <laughs> yeah, probably.
0: I mean, the, the love plus eight for Jimmy is at least interesting. But I agree. The problem with this is that LeBron is not going to tell them his plans by June 21st. So they're going to have to go into the draft not knowing whether they even have a chance of retaining him. And there's no point in trading for a Jimmy Butler or anyone else if you don't know that you're getting LeBron back. Because otherwise, Jimmy Butler is just going to walk in a year anyway and then you just pissed away right. the number eight pick, which is, like, theoretically your best building block if LeBron leaves. So, right. So, I'm with you. I, I don't think, unless LeBron commits to staying or says, like, if you get this player, I will stay next year, I don't think you do it.
1: Right. So...
0: That that then begs the question more. They have the number eight pick. Who mm. do you think they should go after with that spot?
1: Oh, I mean that depends on who's there. Um uh, who is that? Let's in, say in that let's area? say Ayton Aiton, yeah. Aiton
0: Doncic, Bamba, Jackson, mm. Bagley are all gone. Yeah. So then then, then then you, you ch- still
1: got like Trey Young, the, Wendell right. Carter. Obviously, I'm I'm picking Wendell Carter uh, because he's the guy who I think is the best guy of those uh, mentioned. But I mean, Trey Young would also make a great foundational piece if his mm-hmm. game transfers, which I think it will to some extent. I mean, he's not I don't think he's going to be a twenty-eight nine guy like he was at Oklahoma, but I definitely think that that people are sleeping on him. And if he could come in and become like this sort of Steph Curry clone. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying he'll be Steph, but then a homeless homeless uh, version Steph. <laughs> that's still good. I mean, that's still perfectly fine. <clears throat> so it has to be between those two, Carter or Young. Mm-hmm. Either way, though, like I, I just think they need to focus on the future. Yeah, I, I don't think they can they can make any moves that really you know makes LeBron go. Oh, I want to sign here for the for the next five years. the thing about me I'm I'm looking at free agency as well they're so over the cap and even into luxury tax but if LeBron leaves that's one less you know salary slot so I wonder if if they would go after Mario Hisonia like if they get Mm -hmm. a a rookie in the draft and go for Hisonia that would be like a fine start for them uh, Mm -hmm. in in terms of rebuilding Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what you follow up with like you'd have to re-sign Rodney Hood Jordan Clarkson would still be on the roster. Like, I'm done I don't know really what you do there. It's 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 a weird team, isn't it?
0: It's very weird. Before we move into that free agency stuff, I do want to ask. So let's say Young is let's say the Magic take Young at six, the Bulls take Carter at seven and try to lure you back in. Do you give that do you give Michael Porter Jr. consideration at number eight, or do you go with one of the bridges?
1: Yeah. Um michael michael porter jr is a, is a is a fun case because that back injury is legit mm-hmm. that i mean when you have surgery surgery on your back that's a big thing like mm-hmm. i've had back issues my father's have back had, had back issues for years and years and years and we've been like <laughs> combined we've been to the doctor like 50 times about it and we've always gotten the same message in return which was if you're ever going under the knife for a back injury Like, Mm -hmm. that that shit is dangerous. Like, it can go both ways. So the fact that he did go under the knife with his back is really troublesome. And adding to that, there is a growing concern amongst draft experts that Porter is is like a 6'10 sack Levine, like a scorer Mm -hmm. who'll just put up a lot of stats but won't really have a meaningful impact on the game. Mm Mm-hmm. So, there's two ways to go about it here. You can draft Michael Porter. You can hope that his back turns out okay. And if it does, and he, if he puts up 20 a night, you can use that and see if there's some schmuck team out there that wants to go, oh, wow, he's fantastic. We'll give you the moon. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a play. But I mean, if I'm Cleveland, I would want to go for a guy I knew would be there long-term and who would have a, a long-term impact.
0: So does that leave you with Mikhail Bridges or Miles Bridges? Or another one. So like a wild guard Zaire no, Smith yeah, shot. Sair- Smith.
1: I mean, Sayr Smith is definitely interesting. And at that point, like eight, I wouldn't mind them reaching for him at all. Mm-hmm. I think that could work. Uh he's extremely gifted athletically, strong defender. Uh does appear to have a three point stroke that can transfer. So yeah, I mean, you could go that route. I think Miles Bridges, though, would be very interesting. He's sort of like a small ball four. Can play the three and the four. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Mikhail Bridges. He's just not mm-hmm. as NBA ready as Mikael is. Mm-hmm. But he can rebound. He can pass. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He does a lot of small things. Like, don't get me wrong when I mention when I mention LeBron here because he's not LeBron by any stretch right. of the imagination, <laughs> obviously. But he, but he can mimic the role. Like, he can Mm -hmm. come into that setting and he can facilitate a little bit. He can rebound. He can run the break. He's just, like, he's 20% at best, like, at what (laughs) what LeBron is. Um, So, 10% even. But he will mimic that role, at least. And if that is attractive to Cleveland, if they can develop him further into becoming one of those guys who's, like, a two-way player who drops 17-5-5, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. worth looking at.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I think if if the back injury scares Cleveland off of Porter, if they get his medicals, I know he did a test with the Bulls medical staff, and they're going to distribute his medicals after that. So if Cleveland sees something they don't like, and they're between one of the bridges, I th- you're right. I think they go miles over McHale. McHale's like, he's going to be a great complimentary guy, but mm-hmm. if you don't have LeBron James on your team, you need... <laughs> he's not going to be able to be a complimentary guy. He's going to walk into a system where they need him to do more. And I don't think that's going to end well for him necessarily. Whereas Miles could be right more of that takeover score, even though you're right. I, th- I think the way I've been perceiving the two bridges is like, Mikhail has a s- higher floor and a lower ceiling. Miles has a lower floor and a higher ceiling. Take your pick.
1: Right. And besides, you know, I mentioned a trade proposal to you in in the DMs. Uh, Mikhail Michael is not going to be available.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um okay, so then let's turn like let's assume LeBron leaves. Do mm-hmm. you think Cleveland just burns down this roster at this point? Trade Kevin Love for whatever. Oh no, can they're get? building
1: around Kyle Korver who shot 6.3% <laughs> in the finals.
0: <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, like I mean, what what do they do? Do you like do you re-sign Rodney Hood and just build around him and Larry Nance? Trade Kevin Love for whatever you can get. I mean, I
1: need you to wash your mouth with soap by by <laughs> just uttering the phrase "building around Rodney Hood." Uh, oh. Look, no, I mean, I like I like Rodney. He was good in Utah. I think there is a, a world wherein he returns to form. Mm-hmm. But you have to look at what happened this year, and that has to play into the amount you pay him in the summer. Right. Like you are yeah. nowhere near the 15, 60 million a year contract. That, that he was looking at before. You were in the mid-level exception area, if that, which is pretty insane to say. But I don't think they can afford to lose him for nothing, like letting him walk. Only if someone offers a ridiculous offer sheet. Like if Dallas comes in out of nowhere and says, hey, we'll pay you $12 million a year. like No, just mm-hmm. don't do it. But yeah. if if no one offers anything, which I think could be a thing, mm-hmm. sign him and, and nane him, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's their play. And we'll get into some LeBron permutations later when we talk about the Rockets because it's going to be hard for certain teams to sign him outright as a free agent. There's some opt-in and trade and sign and trade possibilities there, so maybe they can get off of a bad contract. But, yeah, I think if LeBron leaves, you're definitely you're, you're tearing this thing to the ground. There's no point. And you're and, winning like three lotteries. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's your hope cuz like when a team built around this team without LeBron James at best wins 30 games next year. Wow, that at high? Best.
1: You're that you're yeah, you're that high. Yeah. Oh, right.
0: Wow. I, yeah. Uh I All right, let's switch to the Golden State Warriors now more. They have far fewer concerns than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, There was some, like, weird speculation going on throughout the finals about, like, well, maybe Kevin Durant's unhappy. Maybe he's going to leave. He put a quick rest to that. He told Rachel Nichols of ESPN that he's going to resign there. They just need to work out the details. Mm. Also, like, the dude just won two rings and two finals MVPs. Why would he leave? I don't care how miserable he is there. Like first of all we don't know that he's miserable there. Yeah, I was like, just he's about miserable. To say. He's like curmudgeonly with the media. But like yeah, that's Okay, not team. That, yeah. Right. That's one very small component and I feel like we're extrapolating right. that part of his interactions with the media members as oh he hates it there, he hates his life, he He'll would go to go media somewhere else. everywhere. Yeah. I right. I agree. Like he, I I think being raised in that OKC system that's very protective around the media Maybe that did something to him. Oh yeah, that like... that
1: screwed him up. That screwed Russell Westbrook up as well. Like yeah. I I'm almost looking at it as fortunate for James Harden of getting out of there that early. Right. But even him nowadays, like he's not a talker to the media. Yeah. No. Like. So Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But with that Chris Paul interview, I remember after game three or game four, where Chris Paul came back and he he was like about to talk about you know, oh yeah, I'm feeling like my, I think it was an ankle injury or something. He's like, yeah, it's feeling better. I think James Harden was like, yeah, he's fine. He's fine. And Chris Paul's (laughs) like, oh yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Kevin Durant is staying with the Warriors, which means they're going to have Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Iguodala, Sean Livingston, KD, all locked up to some capacity. They do have to rebuild the rest of their core. I mean, they do have Damian Jones, Jordan Bell, Cash Considerations, and Quinn Cook all signed. But they have Nick Young, Zaza, Kevin Looney, JaVale McGee, David West are all unrestricted free agents. Pat McCaw, restricted. Among that group, if anyone, who do you think the Warriors should try to bring back next year? Pat McCaw,
1: um, because he's young. And mm. Kevon Looney, potentially, but they he didn't pick up his fourth-year option. The thing is I read somewhere that they were trying to go younger this year that they will try to get younger. Yeah. Uh, and that would imply to me like a guy who like Sasha Pachulia is probably not returning. Mhm. Nick Young maybe. I know that they they really like him as a teammate and that matters. Mm. But I mean okay if he if he accepts a minimum you might carve out room for him. David West is the is is the weird thing here because I kind of think he's necessary. Like he's, he's one of those glue guys that don't, that doesn't really get talked about enough. JaVale. I also think from a production standpoint is extremely undervalued. Mm -hmm. Like when you look at his numbers on a per minute basis, he's extremely productive. Like when he's out there, you know, he's going to get boards, you know, he's going to get points, you know, he's going to get blocks. And I think there's a certain reliance to that, that you kind of need. So Nick Young, for my money, and Sasa Pachulia should be out of here. kevon Mm -hmm. Looney is probably out of there, regardless, because he wants to find a home where he can get more minutes. Mm -hmm. And then from there, keep McCaw and sign young guys. Like they, they found success in signing a guy like Quinn Cook. Go that route. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think you're spot on with McGee. I mean, he played really well in the finals. Like. I know he has the reputation of being a knucklehead from way back when, but, like, he was a very, especially in games two and three, he really helped stem any -hmm. momentum Cleveland was trying to generate, like, game two especially. Like, didn't he score eight points in, like, the opening few minutes of that game?
1: He was ridiculous. He's just got a lot of dunks. And, And, you know, when you have rat tails you're automatically <laughs> yeah. awesome apparently.
0: So right, right. Yeah. So I mean, I think if he's willing, I don't think they give him more than the minimum. So if he's not willing to sign there for that, he's probably gone. Right. That's that's going to be their biggest obstacle this summer. Is they're going to be limited once KD resigns. They're going to be limited to the taxpayer middle level exception and then just veteran minimum. So you're going to have to get guys like McGee. I mean, like Nick Young took the taxpayer MLE next year. That's probably not going to go to him this coming season so you're going to have to rely on like the goodwill of okay you re- you sign here for the minimum you you know you're going to be favored to win a ring mm. um the west point is interesting too because i don't know if you saw but mark spears of the undefeated um after game four spoke with him and you know the, the all of the warriors were trying to play up the like oh we had it so hard this is so tough blah 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 but then David West gave some comments that were like, You guys have no idea what happened here this year. And when it comes out, you're going to lose your shit. Which is like, I'm really interested now. That that hooked me. Tell me more, David West.
1: Mm-hmm. So, so I, like, I, I have the quote here. There were things okay, internally. Yeah. When you guys find out about that shit, you'll trip. You'll trip. Yeah. It's a testament to yeah. the type of people these guys are, how uh, t- uh, tight we were as a group. And then we were able to win it. Uh, yes, I did see that, and I was like, "What? What happened?" Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So you you might be right. Like they might need to keep West in the as like a peacekeeper, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. But, but should we just speculate on what happened here? Uh, it's got to involve Draymond and KD. Oh no! Nah, I think yeah. Well, that could be a thing. I'm thinking Draymond and Nick Young.
0: Uh, well, that, why? Like
1: they would just, they just Nick, Nick Young. Young finds himself in weird situations all the time. <laughs> Come on.
0: He, I, I enjoyed him after they won. Oh, they, he went, yeah. get, went from getting snitched on.
1: Went from being uh, a, yeah snitched on to getting a ring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Uh,
0: oh, so good. I'm, I'm so ready for swaggy P NBA champion era. It's <laughs> going to be great. Um, all right, Mort, so they, they took Young with the taxpayer MLE last year. Right. Who should they try to spend it on this year if they go after someone outside of the organization?
1: A wing. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who, but a, definitely a wing. I think it would be awesome if they actually tried to go for his Sonia. I know he's probably going to earn more, <laughs> but just yeah. tell him, you know what, you're so young, you can, build, you can build your game up with us, you can learn from the best. And we can mm-hmm. still use you. Like, you'll come off the bench. You'll get minutes both at the 2 and the 3 and the 4. Like, you'll get minutes. Mm-hmm. Because I do think they needed some offense off the bench as well. So, yes. here's my big concern. I love Andre-, Andre Iguodala. I really do. I think he's a wonderful defender, playmaker. Like, he just brings a whole lot. But mm-hmm. you have to wonder at this point, as his, with his age and his ability not to be a, a strong scorer anymore. Like, he's really limited as a scorer at this, state of, this stage of his career. Like, are you looking at him taking a step back minutes-wise? Because mm-hmm. I'm not sure he should be playing, like, more than maybe 18 minutes a game anymore.
0: Well, definitely during the regular season, because you just want to preserve him from the playoffs. Right. And I think, to your point about offense, I think that was what Omri Caspi was supposed to do. He just... You know, they they ended up having to waive him because they needed to make room for Quinn Cook because they needed to replace Steph while he was out with the MCL injury. So yeah, I mean, I feel like Zonia is just going to become our new player on this on this podcast. Like we I both like just him. love him so irrationally, but like so much, yeah, <laughs> like way too much for a player that hasn't done all that much of the. No, NBA but we love him because
1: but... the Orlando fucked up. Yeah. That's why we no, love him. I'm,
0: dude, I'm willing to cape with right with you. I love him, too. But, uh, yeah, he would be interesting. ESPN's Chris Haynes was on a podcast recently, and he oh, said yeah. Trevor Ariza might be no. willing to take a discount to join the Warriors, which would oh. be, <laughs> yeah, if, if that happens, game Goodbye, over. by Houston, like, yeah. Right, like everything I said about the Warriors not ruining the NBA, if Trevor Ariza, if they can get him with the taxpayer MLE, it's lights out. Like, that, that's just going to be too much. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you're right. As someone like A3 and D-Wing, ideally, but I think you lean more into the offense than the defense if you have to pick between the two. Oh. Um, we don't know. Right now, they don't have any draft picks, but some team is inevitably going to pull the Bulls and sell a draft a second rounder to them. The Bull- The Sixers have four of them, so I'm almost assuming one of them is going to Golden State. Wouldn't uh, are there, yeah. yeah. Are there any targets in the second round, either late? You know, the Sixers have 38, 39, 56, and 60. So are there any targets, sleepers, that you're really high on in the second round that you
1: think would be great in Golden State? Gary Trent
0: Jr. Oh, kid okay from Duke?
1: Yeah. Mm. Freshman. Uh, mm. Average 14.5 points in, in his freshman season. Uh, shot the ball really well. One of the best shooters in the draft has some potential as a scorer, which again I feel is a need for them because you know, really as realistically, Golden State has three guys who can mm-hmm. really score the ball. Because yep. I am no longer counting Draymond among that group oh, from no. an offensive standpoint. Like before no, but he like he declined from a scoring standpoint. Yeah. Like he, for sure. he he used to be better. So I think they need someone else to come in and just provide a scoring kick. And Gary Trent Jr. I mean he sure as hell fits that bill. So mm-hmm. if he's there, he he might not be, but he he's on the on the board at 30 was it 38 and 39? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you 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 go for it. You go for it. I think there should just be like there other 29
0: general managers or 28 plus Brett Brown cuz the Sixers don't have a general manager at the moment. Oh, I guess the Pistons don't either. Great. Cool. The other 29 teams should get on a conference call before the draft. And they should all say uh, just make a bond like no matter what happens, no matter how cheap our owners are, do not sell the Golden State Warriors a draft pick this year. We saw what happened with Jordan Bell last year. Don't do it. If we want to restore competitive balance, don't give them ammunition to add a young player that will like keep this core alive longer than it is. You need to deplete them of young talent, make them do what like Cleveland did over the last couple of years and... like trade away all their picks and only have like 37-year-old Kyle Corvers to shoot 6% in the finals. That will bring an end to this Warriors team. If you let them get guys like Jordan Bell and Quinn Cook, it's just going to go on forever. Don't the,
1: sell them a pick. And then the Bulls will raise their hands and then Mark Cuban will say, no, no, you're still on a timeout. No. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: Uh, before we move on from the Warriors, you know, again, we've seen a lot of this warriors fatalism they've ruined the nba they're just Ugh. gonna reign forever yeah do you think they're
1: locks to win the title next year i mean we don't know the nba summer is always ridiculous yeah i mean look at this year they wouldn't have won the championship if chris paul hadn't gone down in my opinion yeah so houston made moves that's from a just a theoretical standpoint was better M- mm-hmm. made, made them better than the golden state warriors um you have Kyrie Irving coming back, Gordon Hayward coming back, <clears throat> Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is, are, are both going to be a year older and wiser. T- same goes for Terry Rochier. Al Horford is a an alien. Um, <laughs> look, I I'm, I can't sit here and go, oh, they're going to win it again next year. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, if LeBron jo- joins Houston, then what? <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> and, well, well, yeah. we'll get into the
0: LeBron to Houston in a second, but... I'm with you overall. I mean, you're right. Like, you know, if we recorded this podcast at June, whatever today, is June 9th, 2017, that was like two or three weeks before Chris Paul forced his way to Houston. We mm-hmm. would not have pegged Houston as a legitimate, like a threat to win 65 games and to take the Warriors to seven. <laughs> right. So yeah, right. you're right. Like there's going to be some wild wild shit that happens this summer. I could almost guarantee that with no inside sources. It's just how these things have trended as of late. And I think, you know, if anything, these finals are going to serve as a wake-up call, not only to the Cavaliers and to LeBron James, but to everyone. Like every, you know, what, what are like the Portland Trailblazers and the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors and the uh, Washington Wizards sitting there thinking right now? They're like, the, our core right now probably can't beat the Warriors we need to somehow shake things up drastically. Like it would not surprise me to see major like player movement of all stars or all star caliber players this summer. So but you're right. Like Houston, if they bring everyone back, is gonna be right there. Boston, I don't know why they're not being mentioned as the biggest threat to the Warriors right now. I, I think Boston has a genuine shot to beat the Warriors next year. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think it's almost a level playing field at this point, if everyone's healthy on both sides. Right. Boston just has... You You need so many two-way wings against the Warriors, and Boston has that. Like, they have the type of talent to really give the Warriors problems, and they have enough go-to scorers that, like, where do you attack Boston? I genuinely don't know.
1: Hey, Hayward, probably, because I think he could use... <clears throat> My apologies. Uh, I think he could use a year to get back into like full yeah. playing shape, maybe. And that's really that's going to be the major storyline for Boston going into next season, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. how about Gordon Hayward? Where is he mm-hmm. at? Like, he mm-hmm. basically tore off his ankle, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Well, we'll talk about Boston shortly, yep. but let's let's go into Houston now, Mort. Um, first, we we just need to address the LeBron James and Paul George rumors, among others, uh, Kelly Iko of Rockets Wire, which is part of USA Today, has been reported that um, not only are the Rockets going to go after James, but they're also eyeing Paul George as well. Mm. So I, I want to just break down like the mechanics of this first because I wrote an article for b Breakdown, which you can find on Clutch Points, about the LeBron James to the Rockets thing especially. And I've already seen like I, I want to do this so on Twitter, when we start seeing Paul George suggestions and LeBron James suggestions, we just keep these things in mind when you're suggesting trades and opt-in and trades and sign-in trades and all that stuff. The Rockets right now, not counting Chris Paul, um, Trevor Ariza, and Clint Capella, all of whom are free agents. Capella is restricted. The others who are unrestricted. They have 77.6 million dollars in guaranteed contracts on their books for next season. The salary cap's 101 million, so that leaves them give or take 23 million without factoring any of their free agents to sign LeBron James, who can make 35. So even if they trade all of their other players aside from Jaden Harden, they're still Harden alone makes 30 million, so that leaves, you know, roughly 71 to divide between Paul, Capella, and LeBron not counting cap holds, not counting, you know, Ooh. they're going to keep Capella. Um, they'll keep him, just his cap hold, because it's only like $7 million and he's going to make more money. But they still have, they would have like 10 incomplete roster charges at that point. The free agency route is, it's impossible for the Rockets, unless Capella, LeBron, or Chris Paul are willing to take significant discounts. I don't think any of them are to the degree that they are. So free agency If LeBron does not opt into his contract, he is most likely not going to Houston. They could try to sign and trade for him. But if you sign and trade, the team receiving the player who is signed and traded is hard-capped. So you can only go... You can't exceed the uh, luxury tax apron, which will be, give or take, about $129 million. So again, even if you trade... Let's say they that somehow the Cavaliers are like, "Yep, we'll take Ryan Anderson and Eric Gordon back for LeBron James." That's fine, and the salaries are basically even between um, Anderson, Gordon, and LeBron. Even if that happens, you then have fifty-two ish million dollars to divide again between Chris Paul, Capella, and Trevor Ariza, and you like that's it because you're hard capped. You cannot exceed that fifty-two million dollar mark, so you're probably losing. At least a and you're still relying on Chris Paul to take a $10 million discount or whatever. So that's probably not going to happen. You could do the opt in and trade, Mm. but at that point, like, what does Houston have? Like, you have to get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract just to make the salary matching work, but Houston doesn't have anything in terms of young prospects to make that enticing for Cleveland, other than you can give up, sure, like two or three unrestricted, or uh, unprotected draft picks, like 2020, 2022, 2024, but is that enough? Like I, you know, to take forty one point mil, seven million dollars and two years left on Ryan Anderson's deal, probably not. So it's going to be really hard for them to get LeBron. Like I, I don't doubt Daryl Morey at all, but just he has to jump through a lot of hoops. Paul George is a little bit easier because he makes. Or he could, his max salary is five million less than LeBron, but I don't think the opt-in and trade is a realistic possibility because if he opts in, I think his player option is like twenty point seven million something like that. His max salary is thirty point three, so he'd be taking almost a ten million dollar discount if he opts in. I mean, if he hates Carmelo Anthony that much, maybe he does, but it seems like the sign-and-trade route would be more likely for him, and then again, you run into the hard cap problem for Houston. So, with all of that (laughs) long explanation, do -hmm. you think Paul George or LeBron James is a realistic possibility for Houston this summer?
1: Did we think Chris Paul would be a realistic opportunity last year?
0: I think Chris Paul, at least... I, I don't think that was even on the radar, really. Was it? Like, I don't remember. It It, it just came, like, completely out of the blue.
1: Right. And Maury worked some serious magic. Here's the thing. I I agree with you. I read your piece, and I'm in full agreement that it looks impossible. And I still have this feeling that in a couple months, we'll be talking, we'll be sitting here, right where we're sitting right now, and trying to break down how Daryl Maury did it.
0: Yeah. 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 And that's how I ended my piece, was, like, I don't (laughs) doubt Daryl Maury. I will never question his wizardry. Like... (laughs) It, it, this will be his masterpiece. What we thought, we thought Chris Paul was his masterpiece. This will be his masterpiece if he pulls it off. Mm-hmm. But it, it just, I, I don't know how you make it work with no. the like Anderson. I mean, it's been reported before that teams were asking for at least two first round picks just for Anderson alone. Mm-hmm. I think my conclusion with the LeBron thing was Cleveland's going to want to get off of a bad contract of its own, so you can package. Anderson, Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker for LeBron and J.R. Smith just to make LeBron continue playing with J.R. Smith as punishment. And that is, like, cap legal. But then, you know, again, Houston is so depleted at that point. Like, one of Houston's biggest strengths was its its depth this year. <laughs> Not counting the playoffs where they went to, like, a six-man rotation. But, you know, at that point, you've got Harden, Paul, LeBron, or Paul George, and Capella. And that's it, basically. Like, is that... You're, you're, I mean, you're going basically the Warriors route at that point where you're just so top heavy that one injury does you in and you're building around minimum DS. You know, yeah. And like you've got Chris Paul, who I don't want to say is injury prone, but he's had his fair share of injuries uh, as of late.
1: Mm-hmm. I you would know, just like ha- to re-, re. I would like you to read back that top heavy core again because there's my answer. Chris Paul. Yeah. James Harden, LeBron James, yeah. and Clint Capella. Yeah, dude, I, I know. that's that's better than the Warriors.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I, but I, I agree. I just, I personally, I think the the Rockets are better off just running back their core, and then going after whoever. I mean, if if they can retain Ariza, especially, and not mm. have him go to the Warriors and then go after maybe they'll go after our baby boy, Mario Hazonia. No like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like get get someone with the taxpayer MLE and just run it back, man. You had a sixty five win team. You had the Warriors on the ropes in game seven. If you know, if, if Paul doesn't get hurt I, I like I think if Iggy never got hurt, the Warriors would have beat the Rockets in five to six games, which is Draymond said that after game four last night. He said if you know the, the Hamptons five figured something out about the Rockets and They would have won in five if Iggy never got hurt. So, I I think, like, they would have been favored in that series. They probably would have won. But when Iggy went down, the Rockets were favored. And if you're a Rockets fan, like, you you shouldn't root for injuries. You shouldn't bank on injuries. But, again, the Warriors are really Mm top-heavy. And one injury can really level the playing field. So, I mean... (laughs) The Rockets have a really damn good team. I don't know that you need to take a stick of dynamite. I understand the the reasoning behind it and why you would want to, but like I, I, personally, that, I just need to run it back.
1: But if that stick is LeBron,
0: yeah. Yeah, I know. It's fair. It's it's tough. It's a tough decision for Daryl Moore either way, and I'm sure he's he's having a lot of sleepless
1: nights. Yeah. Uh, but I am moving forward that I'm sacrificing the core if it means LeBron I am. Yeah. I'm sorry because, look, here's the thing. Eric Gordon, and I'm so glad he's back to health. Mm-hmm. But, like, we know injuries can always pop up. And and, and what is Eric Gordon at this point? 31? Is he uh, 30, 31? Something like that? I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember. Uh, yeah. Is he that old? Oh, no, he's not. He's just 29. All right. Well, yeah. you know what? Fair enough. That actually changes my perspective a little bit. It does. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I thought he was older. Where I was like, oh you can sacrifice a guy that age, but he's he's in his prime. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. Uh, (laughs) Not not intentional. But um, no. I mean, it makes sense. It also depends on who you can get in free agency. With if you if you keep if you run the core back, there are going to be some some attached you know ring chasers who will Mm -hmm. show their interest level. The thing you have to gauge is what type of caliber of players are they? And would the caliber of players being ring chasers increase if it's LeBron there instead? Mm -hmm. Like, how many more guys in the league would go, oh, LeBron's there? Yeah. yeah. I think that's a legitimate thing as well. Like, you could have some serious guys going, you know what, I'm going to take a minimum just to play with LeBron.
0: Yeah. No, that's a fair point. I I think they're going to get those types of guys either way. Like I would assume, a Marco Bellinelli is already like begging for Daryl Morey to oh, call him yeah. at midnight on July first. Like I think the system they run, any like chucker like that is especially <laughs> going to be, you know, intrigued in joining that system because they see like the green light that Gerald Green had this year, and they're like, right. yes, yeah, I want that.
1: Oh, but but he won't get minutes though. Like you have Gordon, you have Harden, and you have Gerald Green playing the playing the two. Mm-hmm. Like, poor Marco. I'm not Gerald, seen it.
0: Gerald Green's not signed beyond this year. I know, but he'll re sign for the minimum. Yeah, of course probably. he will.
1: Yeah, probably. I think they're pretty loaded at the two. They, they need some more. I think they need a little bit of size, and they need a four uh, who mm-hmm. can come in off the bench. Like Because apparently Ryan Anderson is just no longer a part of their plans. Or I don't know if he is. It doesn't seem that way, at least. So yeah. I think they need something there. Uh, a little bit of size wouldn't hurt them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I think Mute would have been that guy if he didn't hurt the shoulder. I think that just right. threw them off. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be a really interesting summer for the Houston Rockets either way. Let's say what they do, regardless of the LeBron stuff, Chris Paul is also an unrestricted free agent. He reportedly does not plan on giving the Rockets a discount so he is already what 32 no 33 he just turned 33 and at the beginning of may how nervous are you if you're a daryl morey about giving him a five-year max that's over 200 million dollars
1: oh i'm not nervous about that i'm not doing it Hmm. i'm not giving him a five-year max at that age no way yeah i mean we can talk about a three-year max that's Mm -hmm. that's i mean i could i could swallow that but Five yeah. years? No no way. No, I mean, then I just go, Chris, I love you. We won the ring. Yeah. But uh, no, thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, we just like, I, I'm trying, I was, I was looking, thinking back on like, what 35% max that's been handed out since these came into existence mm. looks good right now? The only one I could think of is Steph Curry. <laughs> Right, yeah,
1: you're right. Yeah, like hey, John Wall's is
0: horrendous already. Russell Westbrook's is horrendous. Like mm-hmm. a lot. Like the Bulls oh, traded Harden. Jimmy. Oh, Harden is good too. Yeah, yeah Harden's right. good too. Yeah, but like the Bulls traded Jimmy to get out of it. The Kings did the same for Boogie to get out of it. Like you're, I just think a five year max is really prohibitive right. to build around, especially at you know with a 33 year old point guard yeah he's just had a hamstring injury, and like yeah, I think you're right they you, you do you basically do what the Raptors did with Kyle Lowry this past year, except you just give Paul the full max because whatever at that point, it's only a couple million dollar difference anyway, but right. yeah uh, <laughs> they'd be playing with fire if they give him a five year max
1: but just just to note on the Jimmy thing, I think the situation in Minnesota really affected what, uh, you know the perception of what he's worth. And yeah. then you had the... Oh, what was that injury called? Uh, the, men- the, the meniscus. meniscus. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Right. Look, let, let's be painfully clear. Jimmy Butler, especially when you look at his last season in Chicago, like, that's an MVP caliber type player. Like, mm-hmm. he's absolutely... I and he's still one of those guys people just do not talk enough about. Now the meniscus thing is there. Right. So, obviously, I'm in your boat. I would not touch... Uh, him with a 10 foot pole when it comes to like the uh the designated five-year max obviously mm-hmm. it wouldn't yep. but prior to that if no meniscus tear or no meniscus issues i don't remember the exact court, uh, injury like if, i don't know if it was a full tear if it was just a partial tear mm-hmm. but regardless like no injury jimmy butler hell yeah i do it hell yeah i do it
0: i think the only concern is the tibbs factor with him where it's just like is he what 28 going on 35 Oh yeah,
1: yeah yeah obviously yeah I should I should I should rephrase without the tips factor. That's because right. I've been saying for a while tips should just go now. I don't think he should be the coach next year. So
0: No but I mean, I'm I'm saying he like he played for Tips for so long and he played so many minutes that like you have to worry oh. about the wear and tear on him. I mean it was only right. really fi- like I guess four seasons. But yeah. and really only you know, Only four seasons that he really put huge number of minutes on his body before he left Chicago. And I think it was only two or three of those seasons with tips. Yeah, two so,
1: two full seasons with tips where he averaged almost 39 minutes a game. And then Fred Horpert brought him down to 37. Then yeah. he came to Minnesota. And it was actually 37 this year, so you know, 36.7 actually.
0: Yeah. He, tips, had, uh, he hasn't yeah. played – I mean, he's played one – 70-game season over the past five, I think, you know, you you just see how quickly Luol Deng dropped off, and you have to worry about that a little bit. But, no, I mean, he's a great player. Yeah, this isn't about him. It just goes back to my overall, like, stance on these 35% maxes where it's like there might be 10 players in the league who deserve him, and I don't even know if it's that many. Like, I think there really might be, like, five or six guys who you can feel comfortable giving those contracts to.
1: Oh, I hear you on that one. I, I would yeah. agree. I mean, the yeah. thing is, it's just too much money. Like, when you look at Blake Griffin's deal right now, it's just, right. oh, it's handcuffing everyone, really.
0: Yeah. Well, because the, the problem is, too, like, so it starts at 35% of the cap and then it goes up 8% every year. So if the cap does not go up 8% every year, mm-hmm. which it hasn't the last two years at least. I mean, it's go, it's projected to, but who knows what happens there. But like it might even start taking up a larger proportion of your cap in future years. So it could be 40% by the end, which is just devastating. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it's I think for the Rockets and Chris Paul especially, the three-year max is the fair way to go on both parties. But it's going to be really fascinating. Daryl Morey is going to have quite quite an interesting next couple weeks. Let's wrap up more with the Boston Celtics, who, I mean, if if any of all, all of the teams here, aside from the Warriors, they've got to feel the best about where they are right now, because mm-hmm. Houston, you know, Houston just had a hell of a season, and they have so much more uncertainty than the, the Celtics do. Like, the Celtics really, you've got your whole court in place, at least for this next year. You've got... Hayward, Horford, Irving, Tatum, all of them are under contract. Jalen Bowen's under contract. Marcus Morris is under contract. Terry Roger's under contract. The big question mark for them is Marcus Smart, who's going to be a restricted free agent. If you're the Celtics, how much do you pay to retain Marcus Smart?
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm not high on Marcus Smart for that reason because I don't think he's a guy you should break the bank for when when you he's an he's a defensive-minded player and yep. rest assured like he's he's gotten better offensively especially near the basket like he's become a post-op option
0: mm-hmm. and that's
1: all fine and dandy but we've seen how the league has expanded outside the three-point line and he just he cannot compete in that area mm-hmm. so i would look at him to sign for something like tops 10 million a year mm. um but he's going to ask for a lot more and then yeah. here's my follow-up to that is Marcus Smart going to be the new Jay Crowder, Avery Bradley type as soon as he mm-hmm. leaves Boston?
0: Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if
1: he is, I would almost be intrigued to see like if some team out there offers him a lot of money and just just go, okay, sure, because <laughs> then you you clock up someone else's cap, right? And then he turns, you know, the Cinderella dust leaves him and he just turns into a pumpkin again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and from there, you just you look at the competition, you go, oh, one down. Hey, Terry O'Shear, go get an offer next summer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a fair concern. Um, I think we're, you know, smart, obviously, as you said, not a super efficient offensive player, 36.7% overall during the regular season, 30.1% from three. Defense is where he's going to make his mark. I think... I don't think he's going to turn into a pumpkin. If he left Boston, I think he'll still be a productive player wherever he goes. I think, you know, maybe another coach doesn't give him the type of leash that Brad Stevens does, like knowing that Mm -hmm. he's going to take some really bad shots and probably miss them and hurt you offensively. But what he brings in terms of intensity and defense, um, you know, makes up for that. So maybe he ends up, you know, like on, uh, on a Dallas Mavericks TV, Rick Carlisle just gives him a much shorter leash or something like that. And in that case, he would turn into a pumpkin. But I think he'll be a productive player wherever he goes. Yeah, defensively. Yeah, no,
1: I agree with that. But here's the thing. like For his career, he's shooting mm-hmm. 36% from the field
0: yeah. on,
1: oh, on 2,200 attempts. Imagine if you go somewhere else and you realize, oh, that number was actually inflated in Boston thanks to Branch Stevens. Oh,
0: yeah. No, that would be bad. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Celtics, I think I would overpay for him a little bit. Like, I'm telling him to go, you know, I'm making a relatively low ball offer, and Mm -hmm. I'm telling him to go get an offer sheet, and we'll decide whether or not to match it. But I would probably go up to, like, Ugh, 12 to 14 million a year just to keep him. I, I think he's that vital a piece.
1: So you would give him more than Zach Levine, actually?
0: <laughs> well, I I think Zach Levine's going to get a lot more than that, too. No, no, you're, that, you're yeah, one. that's
1: that's what he we know he will because of, yeah. you know, hashtag bulls. But right. in terms of where you and I were talking about Zach Levine yeah. a couple of months back, and yeah. we were, like, pretty steady on, you know, Max should be, like, 11 million a year because mm-hmm. he's just that flawed of a player. Right. So I just I find it interesting to to kind of compare the two because I think they're polar yeah. opposites. You have yeah. this very intense defensive oriented market smart and you have this very laxed day offensive minded player in Sacabeine. Like I think it's interesting to like kind of gauge what type of contracts they're going to get.
0: Yeah, no, it's a fair point. And I think if it wasn't Boston, I wouldn't offer 12 to 14 million. So Boston may not have Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, they might not have to deal with that, but, I, like, if I'm Boston, I would match up to that amount. Like, and maybe yeah. Sean Marks just, like, goes and tries to mess with Boston just because that's what John Marks does with restricted free agents. It would be hilarious. Um, but I think he's just so integral to what they do defensively. And I Like, again, let's go back to the 2018-19 season. I think Boston's the biggest threat to the Warriors, even mm. more so than the Rockets, as Things are currently constructed. Not knowing where LeBron's going to sign, whatever, like Boston has a real shot to beat the Warriors next year. If you lose Marcus Smart, that reduces your margin for error considerably. Like I I think part of what makes Boston such an appealing threat to the Warriors is that they have not only are they going to have the depth and like the wing players, but they just have you know five guys who they can really plug on. Curry and Thompson and KD, like they've got Tatum and Brown. They have Horf- or Hayward. They have Marcus Morris, and if they get if they keep smart, like you can just throw a <laughs> just a rotation of those guys on all three of you know Golden State's mm. top scorers at all time. And as you said, like outside of those three guys on Golden State, they don't really have a takeover scorer. Maybe they get one this summer. But probably not, just given their cap restrictions. So, Good. if you have like a you know that many guys and you can stay fresh and you can throw so many different looks at them, I think it's gonna make life really tough on the Warriors. Whereas if you, you know, trade Marcus Morris for cap relief, or if you let Marcus Smart walk for cap relief, the, you know, then you're putting more on Tatum, Brown, Hayward, which maybe that works out too, but. I just think, you know, I think Boston is right there. I think they are ready to win a title next year if they just keep this group in place. You gotta, and that's why you overpay. Yeah, like you push your chips in right now.
1: You've actually convinced me. <laughs> nice. you comm- I I was not I was not high on smart in Boston because I I I'm looking at that team and I'm really looking for more efficiency because also Terry Rosier under 40% from the field. Mm -hmm. um so i i'm looking at that team and i'm going oh this this team needs some more offensive firepower, especially coming off the bench they need someone who's a little bit more efficient but you're right i mean defense the defense ability to to switch so many things and let's be honest for a second even if kevin durant tries to back down marcus smart like he won't gain gain ground on him like he might fade away and hit a jump shot over him but he won't get necessarily near the basket Right, like you can block right. Marcus Smart on one, two, three, and even like on a weird switch, he can guard effing Graymond. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> he can yeah. basically guard everyone. Um, yeah. and that flexibility in the play—we've just seen the playoffs. Everyone switches. Everyone needs these weird matchups. So, fine. I'll say this though: it's essential for Brad Stevens coming to next year with Marcus Smart, you know, back and letting him know that the shot attempts needs to be smarter yeah <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> right but they 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 need to just be better overall. I mm-hmm. mean you you can't really sustain this type of uh or you can't overcome I should say this this type of efficiency deficiency
0: i yeah, I agree with that, and I think when you add Irving and Hayward back to the mix i I would assume just by virtue of like having two more high usage scores to distribute touches to, like smart shots would just naturally go down. Like I I don't think you're gonna have you know, Boston this year, because especially toward the end of the playoffs, like they were just so limited in terms of their depth, they had to play a couple offensive non threats at the same time. I don't think you're gonna have to worry about that as much next season. Like I Mm -hmm. think you're gonna have really I mean at most you'll have two non threats, you know, if they re sign Aaron Baines too and I'm still triggered. Like, maybe he's just going to always hit corner threes for the rest of his goddamn life. So maybe he won't even be a, a non-threat. But, you know, you if you have a Hayward, Horford, Irving Tatum, Rogier, Jalen Brown, like, all of those guys are legit offensive threats now. So, like, Marcus Smart's going to know where he sits on that totem pole. He's going to know, like, you know, my job is to just get open corner threes on offense, basically, right. and then just, like, destroy whoever I'm guarding. Tony Allen
1: with with a corner three, basically.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I can get aboard with that.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so a couple interesting ideas that I've seen floated with regard to Boston. First of which, <laughs> yeah. uh, Le- the possibility that LeBron James goes there. And Jonathan Sharks is a ringer. He wrote an article that came out uh, on Friday called LeBron's Terrifyingly Plausible Path to Boston. It's actually pretty convincing. I mean, it's you know, it's a Bill Simmons run website, so I'm totally shocked that they're plugging the <laughs> Rod James to Ron James to Boston. But like, you know, it's basically if you if he does the opt-in trade, much like he would do for Houston, they have the type of contracts you probably have to trade Gordon Hayward in that deal back, and then package him with you know, if they, the Boston has as many as four first round picks next year, so like they have, whereas Houston doesn't have the good players on the contracts that you would want or the dra- like right. prospects or draft picks or whatever like boston could pretty make a pretty convincing case for an opt-in and trade um if lebron is willing to do it do you think
1: it's a realistic option i mean does cleveland take hayward why not with that contract and with that what happened last year like isn't that, i don't know wasn't doesn't, doesn't that seem like a pretty big gamble I I mean,
0: I guess so, but if you're, you know, it depends on what else, obviously, Boston. I don't think it would just be Hayward for LeBron straight up, but, like, depending on what else Boston is willing to package, and if Dan Gilbert isn't ready to, like, go into the 25-win morale. No, then
1: then I actually have an idea here, because then, obviously, like, Cleveland would know LeBron is leaving regardless in one way Mm -hmm. or or the other, and then you could look at it sort of like we see these salary dumps that are getting paid off with, with draft picks, Mm-hmm. Where you just go, okay, so LeBron is traded to Boston, and uh, the Boston gives up like two, maybe even three first round picks, mm-hmm. a- and that's like in sort of payment for taking on Hayward.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, Sharks suggested he said the simplest deal would be LeBron for Hayward, Marcus Morris, and a first round pick. Maybe you throw in an additional pick or two. I mean, because you are you are getting <laughs> LeBron James, but right the the point is i mean it, it it's it's feasible like it would be an absolute dickhead move of danny Ainge to do but as jark's noted like that's not even the worst thing he's done he traded isaiah thomas coming off of a hip injury 3 months after his sister died and he like rushed back to the playoffs
1: like well, i mean danny Ainge danny has always Ainge, been on, on honest about this
0: yeah he's ruthless like,
1: yeah i mean he, and he told i mean he told the media once that he really didn't care if he had like an all-time Celtic at the end of his you know at the end of his career and like everyone wanted him to stick around like Paul Pierce yeah, essentially. Right? He was like, "Hey, nope, doesn't matter. I um, I'm looking at the big picture." Yeah. So but yeah, you need to, one of those wings in Boston needs to go the other way because mm-hmm. otherwise it just doesn't make sense. So this idea would be I'm guessing, ultimately, oh, Kyrie and LeBron back together. Okay.
0: <laughs> I know. that that's Ky- We'll get there in a second.
1: Yeah. Kyrie at the 1, Jalen at 2, Jason at the four, oh, at 3, and LeBron at the 4, Al Horford at the 5, and Cher Rochier coming off the bench is your 6th man. Good Lord. Yeah. I that's help, Brian. That's yeah. help.
0: Well, and, like, you know, you're, you're listing positions for... Uh, Brown, and Tatum, it doesn't matter. It's three interchangeable wings, right? Like, you have Kyrie as a ball handler, you have Al Horford as your center, and then the rest are just like,
1: Who cares? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, you're right. Yeah, like LeBron could even play some backup center, really. Doesn't matter, yeah, Yeah.
0: right? Yeah, I mean, if if LeBron's quest is to win a ring next year and he doesn't care about the perception or whatever. Boston is arguably the most logical destination if they can make right. it work. That said, given all, all of the battles he's been with or been in against Boston over the years, and especially, like, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if there's a little bit of um, frustration still with Kyrie about, like, demanding a trade and basically ruining the Cavs' chances in twenty seven eighteen. So uh, it wouldn't... <sighs> it's the yeah, I know, but it wouldn't shock me if he instead is like, "Yeah, you know what, I could join Boston, or I could instead go to another team and destroy Boston.
1: Like yeah, it, it, I don't it, think he thinks that way anymore, do you? You think he thinks in that those, don't get me wrong, but don't, yeah. do you think he, he's that petty at this point now?
0: <laughs> Probably not, but it'd be hilarious if he was.
1: Oh yeah, no, I know, and, and I know you want anarchy, but I, yeah. I think I think LeBron is one of those guys who just doesn't care about those things. I mean, yeah. when you look at the whole, I think that was a very 90s thing, you know, oh, Reggie Reggie Miller would never go to the Knicks, for example, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. some of those things. I think LeBron is just wired differently. And we're in an era now where everyone is so buddy-buddy anyway, and they talk to each other, they have friends, and they, you know, it's it's all about agents and, you know, connections. And it, it seems pretty random where mm-hmm. guys end up sometimes just like off of personal relationships. The, the This romantic mindset of having a guy stay with the same organization for 15, 16 years, it seems to be dead now, really. I mm-hmm. mean, Kobe and, and Tim Duncan were really the latest. Oh, Nick Collison. Yeah. Nick Collison, true. actually. Yeah, yeah, shout out, Nick. Yeah. But, I mean, I th- yeah, I could totally see it. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. But to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised about five or six teams. LeBron could go to. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no, and and we aren't going to make our predictions, our final LeBron predictions today, because we need to see how the draft shakes out, and we'll do it toward the end of the month. But, yeah, he he certainly has a number of options. But I I thought, if nothing else, Charks' column was very well argued, and it was like, it makes you think, like, oh, shit, this is more of a possibility than we want to acknowledge. Like, we've Mm -hmm. heard Houston, Lakers, Sixers throughout the year, Boston feels like if they're willing to make it happen, that might be his best option.
1: How fun would it be if LeBron signed with Dallas? Just like no, 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 but (laughs) just just for the randomness of it. Oh, yeah. I I actually really
0: believe in Nerlens Noel's potential. (laughs) Nerlens is represented by Rich Paul. There's a clutch sports connection there. Uh, The other. Notable storyline with Boston before we finish up here is Kyrie Irving's future with the franchise because we've heard a couple interesting things as of late. Chris Mannix of Yahoo Sports uh, on a podcast recently said the Celtics should be scared to some degree of Kyrie Irving walking in 2019. Um, He said there are people in Cleveland that will tell you that the Knicks should be considered a real threat for Irving because Kyrie had talked about it with some players in the Cleveland locker room. So, you know, maybe things have changed since he went to Boston, got, you know, saw how far they went, realizes they will be a real threat next year. We're not going to address the possibility of LeBron going to the team and then him wanting out again. But do you think Kyrie is illegitimate, you know, more on, on the market in 2019 than we realize?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, he was actually very interested in joining the Bulls because his buddy, Jimmy Butler was there at that point. Mm. So... Uh, he's always looking at what's next, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty easy to do when you don't believe the earth is round. You can just <laughs> you can just look at it straight ahead. I mean, God damn it.
0: I can't believe like, I mean that the final game four was not all that, you know, it was, the outcome was relatively, well, relatively preordained, I'd say by halftime. So the biggest story to come out of game four was that Kyrie had that interview with Soap on of the New York times where he.
1: Remains a flat earther. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So when he's looking ahead, he can actually see it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, No, but but I mean, he's he's always been very inclined to think about his future, which I don't blame him for. By the way. Sure. Um, Sure. And and supposedly it was a really it it was a legitimate thing that he would uh, consider the balls because of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. And when Jimmy was traded to to Minnesota, there were even some some rumblings going. Oh, could Kyrie be a, a, a future Wolf because he had a close mm-hmm. relationship with him? Um, for the the Knicks, kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> for me yeah. when I read that. Sure, but I mean, Kyrie is, is a fun dude. He's he might have some reasons um, mm-hmm. for wanting to go to New York. Uh, I mean i don't know what they are <laughs> right. Honestly, well christops and like, who might be out for a whole year but i mean yeah, oh he would be back by 2019 that point, yeah where, that's yeah. right and
0: like they have frankie smokes they have yeah. the number nine pick this year like they they could actually have an intriguing young group of talent next year they're, yeah. they're still gonna they would, there's the problem is like contractually they still have jokey noah
1: on their books, Tim right? Hardaway Jr., who they paid mm-hmm. seventy two million for, so Even yeah, Courtney I, Lee, uh, Courtney Lee, also he's at least decent. So right, 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 right. But but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised by anything. Uh, Kyrie like sticks his mind to. Um, mm-hmm. He he could end up in Dallas for all I know. Yeah, like well, we, he, he's just such uh he's such a wild card, and I think yeah. Boston would need to at least prepare themselves to have a lot of dialogues with him and ongoing mm. dialogues to find out, okay, where where are we at here? Like, what's mm-hmm. the plan?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, the Knicks are, especially with the Jimmy thing, the Knicks could be interesting because, you know, we don't know what NS Cantor is going to do with regard to his player option this year, but mm. the Knicks should frankly hope he opts in. It's $18.6 million, and then he would be a free agent in 2019-20. If you can, you know... You're probably like we don't know what they're gonna do with Christoffs about giving him an extension or not, but if you keep him if you don't give him an extension, he's only gonna have a seven point five million dollar cap hold. You can just let go of basically everyone else. You'd still have to find a way to get out of Noah, you probably stretch him or maybe he's productive this year and you don't have to, but yeah. <laughs> doubtful. Yeah. But like maybe there's a path for Kyrie and Jimmy Butler to team up in New York next year or not in 2019 20. In 2019, yeah.
1: That could be yeah. interesting. That could be interesting. Yeah. I mean yeah. that so the core would be Kyrie, Jimmy Butler and Chris Ups Persingis. Yeah, a- with H- Frankie wise, Smokes and then Frankie, number 9. Right, from an age perspective, it doesn't really line up. Yeah. But that's true. I will say this, I Persingas is so ahead of the curve for his mm-hmm. age that that doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: And you still yeah. have a bunch of two-way guys like Frankie Smokes, Courtney Lee, even Hardaway Jr. a little bit, like you got some of that two-way talent.
1: I'm still looking for the for the other side for Tim Hardaway Jr. What's the
0: <laughs> fair? Fair. All right. But yeah, but I mean, if you're the Knicks and you get one of the bridges at number nine, too, I'm just throwing it out there. I have no inside information here, but right, it, it, it seems like that's at least a possibility. But you know, that, that goes to. You know, a lot of people <laughs> at during the playoffs are saying, like, oh, the, the Celtics should trade Kyrie, and Terry Rozier is good enough as is. Like, oh yeah, It's going to be interesting so to see what... Like, I, I think, I mean, as I said, I, I think the Celtics are good enough to beat the Warriors next year, so I think they're going to give this core a real shot. But, mm. like, it, it, Kyrie's future is going to be pretty interesting to keep a uh, tab on for the next year. Because it and does sound like he's at least entertaining the possibility of going elsewhere. Yes,
1: and I mean, I I know the Bulls have some interest because mm. in 2019 they're planning to hit the free agency market. True, they're hoping to get this a, a guy or two guys in from from the draft for this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, resign Zach Levine. and then all their their bad contracts that they've that they've acquired uh, this last year will oh, pretty yeah. much expire. And they'll come in with, with flush with the gas next year and then they're looking for someone to to mm. add to that core of laurie markinen and and those guys you know, Zach levine and chris dunn or whatever mm-hmm. um so i wouldn't be surprised at all if if his name was floated towards the bulls as well i don't think mm-hmm. it lines up h wise as well just as i mentioned right. with the knicks uh so i don't think he ends up there but i wouldn't be surprised to see him use the bulls as as a as yeah a negotiation to the yeah. yeah yeah yeah
0: well, we did hear that the Bulls are unhappy with Chris Dunn's work ethic. So maybe, maybe they won't be in the market for a. That was part. from
1: Joe. That was from Joe Colley though. That yeah, was his, Yeah. But, but that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Mort, that is a good place to wrap up. So thank you everyone for tuning in today. Stay tuned. Just because the season is over does not mean we are done recording. We are going to have a bunch of draft content in the next two weeks. We'll be focusing on free agency as well. So, Check us out on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes, so please subscribe, download, leave some five star reviews. We'd love any feedback. And we're now on the Almighty Baller Podcast Network, so check them out on Twitter at Almighty Casts. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporik, and I was joined by Morton Jensen.
1: Have a good one, Mort. You too, Brian. Um, next month, by the way, we should announce to people we're actually going to be. Maybe, recording a podcast at the same you know at the same location. Yes. I have a feeling that we are totally going to forget that.
0: But, <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a ninety percent chance we forget to. But yes, oh, yeah. I will be. I will be going to Denmark for a couple of days in July. So mm-hmm. it'll be after free agency. So there there may be a live podcast in which we get to freak out about LeBron James and Paul George on the Lakers and all the other stuff that happened this year. But exactly. and in the meantime. In the meantime, Ward. Thanks for congratulating me on Brian Colangelo being fired. By the way, I think
1: <laughs> I did that plenty in, yeah, in our know. in our group chat. But That's okay, true. just just to wrap up with that. Yeah. Wow, he's so getting divorced. <laughs> so
0: getting divorced. Yeah. Oh my God, man. Yeah, yeah I know. Speaking as two married men, uh, don't throw your wife under the bus ever like that, or you're just no. never. Yeah, it like I. For his sake, I hope that she didn't lock all the doors and, like, when he came home that night, like all of his possessions were out in the front yard in trash bags, like on fire. But there's a pretty good chance they were.
1: Yeah, yeah. Ugh. That that was harsh, man. That was harsh to read. I know. Yeah. It was bad. But but since you were asking me for it, which is pretty low, <laughs> congratulations, Brian. Now will Thank you, you at least put in the same type of effort? In, in pushing the good wives to, well, or vibes to Chicago for, for letting their management end up yes. in a scandal.
0: Yeah, I'll uh, start a burner account for Garfax yeah. tonight. I, I, yeah.
1: think, I think you need to. We, we need some <laughs> sort of scandal in Chicago to, to change things.
0: Good. All right, yeah. more, uh, we'll catch you in a couple days. Definitely.